Good morning, International Christian Fellowship International. This is Pastor Jennifer, and I want to welcome you to our online service today. It's spring, and that means new life, new growth. God wants to bloom something new in your life. He's going to bring those dreams to life. So as you lean into the service, I want you to enter into worship with our Bridge Worship Team. I want you to listen to the message, and I want you to take notes. So quick, grab a pen and paper. Get ready to take some notes because the Lord is going to speak to you today. Enjoy the service. Okay, so on behalf of Pastor Jennifer, I would like to say a big welcome to our online campus. We are glad to have you here. And we have people on campus. Can we show some love for the people online? Yes. So this month we've been talking about completely forgiving. That has been the theme of the month. And the, the verse we've used for the month is from Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. It says, your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. Amen. Amen. You see, 41 years ago, in May of 1981, something unprecedented happened here in the city of Rome. So the Pope at the time, who was Pope John Paul II, he was going through the crowds at the Vatican City, what is known as the St. Peter's Square, he was going through the crowd on Wednesdays, as some of you may know, on Wednesdays, there's an audience where the Pope addresses the crowd, blesses the crowd, and prays for the crowd. And during this fateful day, something happened. There were, <clears throat> excuse me, there were four close-range shots. While he was greeting and praying, there were shots that were fired. And he was hit in the abdomen, his left hand, and then his right arm. So he was immediately rushed to the hospital where he underwent surgery. Now, a few days later, this was on a Wednesday, a few days later on Sunday, while he was still in the hospital bed, he recorded a message. And in his message, he said he has sincerely forgiven the assailant. He has sincerely forgiven the person who tried to take his life. And he referred to him us, my brother. Shall we pray? Father, Lord, we thank you for all you've done for us. And Father, as we enter into your word today, we pray that you empty our hearts so that we will be filled with your word. Father, we want to learn more about forgiveness. And we pray, Lord, that the word that you bring to us today will be a word that will transform our lives forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 So my first point today is a question, and you'll hear me repeat it a few times throughout the sermon. And this is the question, what if God forgives as much as you forgive? What if God forgives as much as you forgive? I'll leave you to answer that question. But to be honest, it's easier said than done. It's always easy for us to say to someone else, oh, you have to forgive this person for doing something, or you have to forgive that person. It's also easy for us sometimes to ask for forgiveness or to expect forgiveness. It's very easy. But then when it comes to us forgiving people, it becomes a problem because it becomes difficult. But you see, um, as Pastor Jen told us in her previous sermon, 
Forgiveness does not mean reconciliation. So sometimes you have to release it for Christ in you to forgive that person. But you may still need to stay away from the place. You may still need to stay away from the situation. You may still need to stay away from the person. But then what you have to do is to release it so Christ in you forgives. Now let's listen to a story in the Old Testament of a gentleman called Joseph. Joseph had two dreams, and maybe some of you are aware of this. He had two dreams, and he narrated his dreams to his brothers. Now, I'm going to read Genesis. I'm not reading the whole story, but then I'll give you an overview of what happened in this story. So I'll read Genesis 37 from verse 7. He said, Behold, everyone say, Behold. I love that word. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright, and behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. So a sheaf is uh, basically a, a stock of grain. So he's talking about being in the field where he was gathering or packaging a bundle, and his brothers were also doing the same, but then his stood tall. So his brothers were not happy because he was not the eldest, and matter of fact, there were a number of, there were 12, and he wasn't even the second or third or fourth. So they were not happy that he was saying such a thing. And this made his brothers hate him more, because they, they, they even didn't like him, because his father or their father preferred Joseph as his favorite son. And this is what happened. Joseph again had another dream, and Joseph went back to his brothers to tell them what the dream was. And this is what he, the, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 37, verse 9. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. Now Joseph had 11 brothers. So when he, he said 11 stars were bowing down to me, they understood what he was trying to say. And then they said, are you trying to tell us that we are going to bow down to you? So again, they were not happy with what he was saying, and they were not happy with how he was making them feel that he was going to rule, of, excuse me, he was going to rule over them. So his brothers planned to kill him. And during that period, they had a change of mind, and then they decided to sell him instead of killing him. So they sold him to merchants who were heading towards Egypt. And Joseph, upon arrival in Egypt, he was sold into slavery, where he became a slave under Potiphar. Now, even under Potiphar, things were going really well for Joseph. And there was a plot, something happened, he was put in prison, and eventually he was brought out of prison. I'm not going to go in depth, but eventually God elevated Joseph to become second in command over all the land in Egypt. Many years later, there was famine in the land of Egypt and around the land. So Joseph's brothers, who by this time had totally forgotten about Joseph, they even forgot how he looked like because when they sold him, he was, he was a young boy. They decided to go to Egypt because they had Egypt had food. And when they went, they met this young, handsome man 
The Bible says he was handsome. I'm not the one saying it. They met this young, handsome man, and during their discussion, Joseph revealed him, himself to them. And this is what Joseph said in, 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 this is what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 45, verse 45. So Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me, please. And they came near and he said, I am your brother, Joseph. So they didn't recognize him, but he recognized them and he could understand the language they were speaking. But by then, he was, you know, from a different uh, 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 country, according to the brothers. So they didn't think he was, he was the, the, the same brother they sold into slavery. And then he said, now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. So you see, Joseph had completely forgiven his brothers. And that willingness to forgive freely is what God requires of all of us, every single one of you sitting here today. God wants us to have an attitude of forgiveness rather than an attitude of revenge and hatred. So these things that his brothers did to him, I'm sure if some of us here will be honest, we will, we will be planning the day we meet them and what we are going to do to them and how we are going to make them pay for what they've, they've, they've taken us through. But no, Joseph didn't do, didn't do that and that is how God wants us to live. He wants us to have an attitude of forgiveness rather than an attitude of hatred and anger. So our first response in many situations we find ourselves in should be forgiveness. We have to be generous towards our enemies, and I've, I've said it already, and Pastor Jen said it, it doesn't mean that you have to dine and eat with them all the time, but then you have to be able to say, I have let go, I have forgiven. And you have to pray for them and bless them over and over again, just like Jesus did, because the forgiveness of Jesus never runs out. Amen. So the forgiveness of Jesus never runs out, and I'm going to talk about a story in the New Testament, and Peter, who was one of the disciples of, of Jesus, came to Jesus one day, and he asked a question. What he asked was about forgiveness, and he wanted to know how many times he was supposed to forgive people who offended him. And this is what ensued in Matthew chapter 18. So I'm going to read Matthew chapter 18 from verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And I just want to, to, to clarify that in the King James Version, for instance, it says 70 times 7. So it's not 77, it's 77 times. And as Christians, we are supposed to be capable of demonstrating this type of forgiving spirit. And this type of forgiving spirit means that I know you've wronged me, but then I forgive you. If you do it again, I'll forgive you. I'm not saying that you should condone people doing the same thing over and over and over again. 
But then what the Bible wants us to know is that we should be able to demonstrate this same type of forgiving spirit because the spirit of God lives within us and he provides the ability for us to offer forgiveness repeatedly just as God forgives us over and over and over again. And this leads me to my next point. Maintain an attitude that is always willing to forgive. In this context, Jesus was not necessarily quantifying the number of times you are supposed to to forgive someone. And I remember when I first learned this, uh, um, this verse in the Bible, it was Sunday school, I was a young boy. And I like to, to, to put things in, in a mathematical way or a logical way so I can understand. So I said, okay, if Jesus is saying 70 times 7, then what is this? That's 490. Anytime someone does something against me, I say, oh, that's strike one. You have 480 something left, you know? And that was, that was the mindset I, I had because I wanted it to be literal. I wanted to understand it that way. But guess what? I lost count after some time. I, I indeed started counting, but then I lost count. And that is, why, that is what Jesus Christ was trying to say. He wasn't trying to let us quantify how many times we are supposed to forgive someone, but then he wanted us to be able to forgive over and over and over again. So let us read what follows after Jesus answered Peter's question. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 18 from verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom, and this is a continuation, therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. So this servant begged his master to say, be patient with me and I'll pay back everything. And verse 27 says that the servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. So as Christians, we should be able to offer forgiveness readily. It should be readily available to us. And at the same time, we should also be able to give forgiveness to other people. We have to repent and accept the fact that we can't pay for our own sins. You can't pay for your own sins. So you have to be able to go to the king, the king who is Jesus Christ. You have to be able to go to the king to say, I have sinned, I have fallen short. Please cancel my debts, just as we, we see in the passage. And I'm, I'll read from verse, uh, from, from verse 28. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. And this was someone who had just been forgiven. He stepped out, found someone else who was owing him, and he said, you have to pay me back today. I'm not leaving you. You have to pay me back. And if we juxtapose the two stories, he was owing bags of gold. 
and gold is more valuable than silver. But here he is trying to choke someone because the person owed him silver. And this is how the story continues from verse 29. His fellow servants fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. And this was the same approach he had with his master. He fell on his knee, he begged and said, be patient with me and I'll pay back later. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then verse 32, then the master called the servants in. You wicked servants, he said. I canceled all the debts of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servants just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all the debts that he owed. This is how, and this is what Jesus Christ said to conclude that story. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. So again, my question to you, what if God forgives as much as you forgive? You see, Jesus told this story or, or this parable for a reason. He wanted us to understand that when we don't forgive people, God doesn't feel happy about it. He wants us to have a better understanding that we not forgiving others doesn't make God happy because God forgives us freely. So he expects us to be able to also forgive people freely. You know, and there are things you do that you know you need to ask God for forgiveness for. There are things that we, we say or there are places we go to or there are, there are actions that we know we have to pray for forgiveness for. And, and, and some of these could be lies, sexual immorality, covetousness, envy, you name them, so on and so forth. But there are also some things that you do that you don't even have an idea is an offense. Do you agree with me, church? You see, there are times when you have a friend or a relative or a family member and you know they are, they are angry at something that you did, but you, you don't know what exactly they are angry about. Is anyone, has anyone experienced that? You, you just don't know what you've done, but then they are angry, and they expect you to, to ask for forgiveness, right? And it's the same. There are certain things that we do that offends God, but we don't even know about it. That's why when we go into prayer, we have to ask for forgiveness for the things that we are aware of and even for the things that we are not aware of, things that we may have done that offended God. We have to ask for forgiveness. And Jesus said, forgive and you will be forgiven. You see, forgive people even if they are not sorry. You have to forgive people even if they are not sorry. Your duty is to forgive because repentance it's up to them, but forgiveness is up to you. Whether they choose to change their ways and, and, and come back in line with what God wants for them, that is up to them. 
but then forgiveness is up to you because you should be able to grant forgiveness freely just as Jesus Christ granted his forgiveness to you freely. Forgiveness saves you from anger. Forgiveness saves you from hatred. Forgiveness saves you from a waste of time and energy. And you see the forgiveness that God gives to us, the forgiveness that Jesus Christ offered to us should be a virtuous cycle that flows through us into others. It should be a virtuous cycle that goes from us to the people around us, to our friends, to our family, and to everyone in all our relationships. Now, I will conclude today's message with a passage in Luke chapter 5, verse 17, where Jesus heals a paralyzed man. And again, this is probably a story you've heard before, but I want us to pay attention to a certain part of this story that we overlook sometimes. So I'll read Luke chapter 5 from verse 18 to 20. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. But they couldn't because the whole place was packed. You can imagine everyone wanted to meet the VIP of the time. Everyone wanted to meet the, the man who was, who was making waves, who was healing people, who was casting out demons. Everyone wanted to meet him. So when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the towels into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said something. What did he say? He said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Sins? forgiven they brought their friend because he was sick and he, they wanted him to be healed but this is Jesus saying sins and forgiven you see healing is wonderful and most of us here in one way or the other pray for healing sometimes for ourselves sometimes for friends sometimes for family sometimes for people around the world but then we take forgiveness of sins for granted. You see, Jesus demonstrates in the passage that forgiveness is wonderful indeed. Sorry, healing is wonderful indeed, but then he first forgives the man's sins. Forgiveness was top of his list. They came with a sick man, they came with a paralyzed man, but forgiveness was top of his list. Forgiveness was his priority. They did, not, they did not approach Jesus Christ asking for forgiveness of sins, but he said, friends, your sins are forgiven. Amen? You see, sometimes we approach Christ with requests, many requests, but then he says, wait a minute. I need to cleanse you of some stuff first. I need to put things right between me and you. I need to forgive your sins first. I need to make sure you are walking in the right direction 
first. Then I can break those chains. Then I can open that door. Then I can pave that way. Then I can heal you. Amen. Then I can answer that prayer. So you see, no matter what you have done, no matter where you have gone, no matter what you have said, God will always, always forgive you if you turn towards him. Because his word says so. Not because I am saying that, but because the word of God says so. Amen. So my question for you today, again, is what if God forgives as much as you forgive? See, the forgiveness of Jesus never runs out. So our forgiveness should never run out. We are completely forgiven. Amen. And for that, we should also be able to completely forgive other people who offend us. Amen. So we'll welcome the, the worship team to, to come and they will take us through a song. But before we close, I would like to say a, a, a prayer to close online. When the worship team comes to sing, we'll all march up to the front just as we close all our services and then we will pray and ask God to forgive us for things that we are aware of and things that we are not even aware of that we've done that we need to ask forgiveness for shall we be upstanding together in this house Father we thank you for the word that you've brought to us we thank you for taking us through this month learning about your forgiveness. Father Lord, we thank you that you freely gave to us your son who died on the cross and the blood that was shed on that cross served as the ultimate sacrifice under which we are all forgiven. Father Lord, we thank you that the blood that washes as white as snow is that same blood that will help cleanse us of any impurities. Is that same blood that will help cleanse us of any faults, things that we are aware of and things that we aren't even aware of. Father Lord, I pray that even as we leave this service today, we will continue to apply what we've learned in your word. Father Lord, we will not be like the servant who will go after other people even after he has been forgiven. But Father, we want to be like the master so that we will offer forgiveness freely to people because the forgiveness of Jesus Christ never runs out. The forgiveness that you give to us never run out. And we are glad that we can call ourselves your children. We are glad that we have you to always, always forgive us. Father Lord, we pray that you will assess our hearts you assess our motives in everything we do. And even as we walk out of this church, even as we, we log out of our online ministry, we pray that you continue to let your word live and reside in our hearts, that we will always remember to forgive freely, just as we were forgiven freely. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much online for joining us and we'll see you next week so praise the lord thank you so much 
for listening to the service and to the Word of God. And this is a moment now when I am so thankful to have the opportunity to pray with you. And I want to encourage you that maybe you know Jesus, maybe you believe of Jesus, but right now you want to invite Jesus to be the Lord over every circumstance in your life. So I want to pray with you. And I want you to say the prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it, Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life, fill every part of my heart and my life with your love and with your power. From this day forward, for the rest of my life, I'm going to live for you, Jesus. Forgive me for the things I've done that were wrong and help me to believe and to walk with you every day of my life. Thank you, Jesus for making me completely convinced that you love me and you're with me. In Jesus' name, amen. I also want to pray with you for any circumstance. So you can email us, you can write us, you can let us know praise reports. But today, I also want to say to you, the Lord knows those things that are weighing heavy on your heart. And so I want to pray a prayer of blessing and protection over you for this week, healing for whatever thing might be troubling you. Lord, I pray right now for your miracle working power. You know the one who is watching on another continent, in another city, at home because they're not well. And God, right now, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus that your healing virtue would flow into every circumstance that needs healing. God, that your provision, you are Jehovah Jireh. You will provide peace and finances and jobs and contracts right now. I pray that faith would come alive, that those things that this week have tried to discourage, Lord, I ask you that you would lift up the heart today. You would encourage the heart and let this one know that I am with you, says the Lord. I am working on the circumstance even behind the scenes. Trust me, says the Lord. Wait on me and see the miracle working power I will do for your life and for your family. Lord, we thank you. We trust you and we declare the victory in Jesus mighty name. Amen. I praise God for what he's doing among us. We're getting ready for summer kids camp and spring kids festival. I want to thank you for your online giving. I want to uh, thank you for investing in the work of the kingdom. I ask you if you enjoy the service, share these videos with someone else. We are making a great impact around the world and we're getting testimonies every week of life change that is happening. So I bless you in the name of Jesus. I pray you have a fantastic week. It's spring. It's time to celebrate.